Okay, so on Friday, I was watching Klaus with my daughter. And by watching, I mean I turned it on because she kept bugging me about it. And I dicked around on my phone while it was kind of playing on the background. But like halfway through the movie, I caught myself actually being engaged in the storyline and trying to figure out like okay well this is so wait is this a story of of santa claus wait this guy gonna turn into santa claus and she's like no like there's an actual claus and then this is the story of how the mailman you know became involved with the whole santa claus movement and i was like oh okay that's interesting and then like like three quarters of the way in i found myself like deeply riveted by the storyline my phone was down and now at this point i'm like why the fuck would you do that <laughs> like why would you do that why wouldn't you want peace between the clans like who does that oh these guys are dicks and like halfway through yelling at the characters on my daughter's cartoon show about a fictional character santa claus and a fictional character uh, I don't remember his assistant's name and reindeers and all this other stuff. Like, there's a part of my brain that goes, Joe, you are yelling at a TV, right? You're yelling at a storyline that was pre-written, like, years ago <laughs> and then animated and then published and has existed for, like, the past, like, what, seven year, seven months before you even were conscious of the fact that it existed and now you're watching it. So, like... Even if these were quote-unquote real people, there's no way you're yelling at these characters and the way they were written is really going to influence the outcome of the story. And as I was like thinking that, I was like, oh shit, that's true. And then I I, I remember that I had also, I talked about this now in... um, in the previous episode, the Kobe and the multiverse episode, and the same thing about how we kind of yell, you know, at, at TVs and at movies, right? Like in a scary movie when some, you know, some chick is running or whatever, and like she trips over nothing. I have been marathoning the Twilight Zone, like <laughs> the old school classic black and white Twilight Zone episodes. And like, I, you know, I skip a few episodes here and there, but you know, I do like one or two episodes here or there, and I've been doing so since the, since New Year's, because I, I just, every, New Year, it's like my my thing. It is amazing the amount of times a female character will be running and then literally trip over nothing. Like, like, and, and every time that happens, I get mad. Like, why do they fucking have bitches just tripping over nothing? Why are bitches? Look, watch, she's running. Watch, she's about to. Yep, there it is. And I'm sure the the people who were writing story, I don't know if it was a running gag for them or they just it's just something that they did. It was like a writing trope at the time. I don't know, but the amount of times that they have it happen in the Twilight Zone series, it, it was significant enough for me to notice it and then consciously comment on it and then become annoyed by it. Okay, and even when watching that, I was like. Joe, why are you yelling at something that was filmed and written, like, in the 60s, you know? Now, that made me start to think, right? Because, obviously, I can't just watch something and, and have, like, a normal reaction to something and then go about my day. But between, like, you know, the universe or the multiverse episode and Kobe, Kobe in the multiverse episode, and then my observations of my reactions to Klaus, you know, the, the show that I was watching with my kid, um, and then even the tripping over nothing um, tropes that I kept seeing in uh, Twilight Zone, I started to think like, wait, what if 
what if we're doing the same thing with people? Right? Like, hear me out. Like, okay, so uh, physicists, scientists say that, you know, time is relative. And some people have argued that all of time is literally happening at once, right? And for me to understand that, I, I just look at it as like a DVD. Like I look at life as like a spinning DVD. And at any point in time, there are different chapters that you can, you know, you know, navigate or whatever. Remember the old school DVD players? I don't I don't know, you know, what, what age group I'm talking to right now. Um but you could you could pick chapters and so i i i kind of look at time as like you know if the common a combination of a dvd as in like a movie and a simulation like a video game combined and so at any point in history we have like a you have the control so like the real version of you that's outside of this simulated world can choose to enter like you know ancient greece or you know ancient mesopotamia or you know play as a native american you know pre-european contact or whatever blah 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 um play as a viking these are all chapters but they're pre-existing and they're all happening right now and so like right now at this present moment Different people, different subscribers, is that's the term I use in my other podcast, different subscribers are playing at different, you know, points in history, right? But all of this is like pre-recorded, more or less, right? Because if this world is a simulation, you can't just say, okay, it's a simulation and everything is, you know, kind of, we're just kind of going with it. You kind of have to take it to, you know, its logical conclusion. Every simulation right if we are right now living in some sort of futuristic society that simulates mortality as a sort of entertainment or like a video game then it makes sense that okay it, when this when a company creates the same way in this reality right when a company creates a game more or less they have taken the time or they took the time to you know render the the graphics write the code produce all these storylines before they put it on the market. And then you, as a subscriber, purchase the DVD-ROM, you put it in your quantum, you know, VR game, and then you enter, you know, you select your character, and then you enter which civilization you want to play. If that's the case, right, then that means that, like, literally, free will is just an illusion. It's a concept that's part of the game, and it's, it's part of what makes the gameplay feel more real, but it's it's more or less a lie, which means then that everything that you're experiencing right now more or less has already been pre-coded. I mean, like any video game, like let's say with The Sims, right? You you do have limited control, right? You can decide, you have the freedom, more or less, I guess, to decide when you want to get up. Although, I don't even know if you have that much freedom considering the fact that, uh, like, for example, this morning, uh, I, I definitely did not want to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And yet, at, like, 5.55, I was up, you know, wide-eyed, like, fuck like my alarm was set at 7 35 I was planning on sleeping in because I didn't go to bed till like almost like 12 30 so I was like all right I can get like a good seven and a half hours in and my body said yeah go fuck yourself 
and instead I woke up at like 5.55. So that that's fun. So I, I don't even have the, 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 the free will to wake up when I feel like waking up. But let's just, you know, let's play within those confines, right? You allegedly have the freedom to wake up when you want to wake up. You allegedly have the freedom to choose the foods you want to eat, you know, the, you know, where you, what you're going to do in the morning, whether or not you're going to go to bed or go to work, what time you're going to go to bed and all these sort of things. But it's limited because just like the Sims, they do have certain things that could quote unquote randomly happen to you the same way um, things randomly happen to you like in real life, right? Like your sim could decide, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to work, or you can decide for your sim, you're going to do X, 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 and X, and then it goes to go cook something and then its kitchen catches on fire and then you have to react to that, right? But that's already programmed though. The ability of that to happen, you don't know what the triggers are and you don't know what the programmers or how the programmers decided that if you make if you do this, this, and this, then it's going to trigger this behavior, right? And then your sim reacts to it. And then you have to kind of figure out how to solve the problem. And that's part of the gameplay. So then is that like, do you really have any free will? Like if everything has already kind of been predetermined and pre-programmed and it's, it, it just, it's algorithmic sort of um, expressions based on on code more or less, like you're not really, you don't really have free will or your your free will is extremely limited it's more of an illusion and then you're more or less just sort of going along with the game right if that's the case then what's the point of like even emotionally reacting to things when they happen right like and and you're probably listening and you're like wait what what the fuck is she talking about but it's true if it doesn't make if, if 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 you don't really have free will, right, or if I'm right, and it's not just me, if all these physicists are right, and, you know, all of time is happening at one time, everything you've experienced is more or less has already been pre-written, pre-programmed, right? And, and you know, that some people have, have used that to explain, um, you know, why we have deja vu and things like that. Anthony, Anthony Peake, in his book, Is Their Life After Death, really delves in deeply into that. And he talks about people who were able to kind of see along their their timeline, like there was a certain part of themselves that once they were like put under hypnosis, they were able to tell the people, the, the, the psychologists, when and more or less how they were going to die, right? And then it's more or less just a loop. Well, then if that's the case, then to me, emotionally reacting to things that happen in in your life more or less and and not like i'm not i'm not saying don't be happy but i mean like negatively reacting to things that happen in your life makes as much sense as you know me yelling at the twilight zone character that's running you know from this thing and then trips over nothing right like it, it's already been pre-written it's already been predetermined you know, all you can do more or less is react within these sort of predetermined scenarios that you're experiencing now. And and by react, I mean like, you know, choose, that's the choice that you do have. That's the will that you do have is you can choose how to react to it. Um, but you don't have any control over it. What's going to happen is going to happen and has, and has always happened and has already happened. It was already predetermined before you even entered into the simulation you're just living it out you're just living out your you're just living out your life more or less and you're or you're living out that life story right so if it doesn't make any logical sense for me to like for example yesterday my husband was watching um 
was watching the Super Bowl and he was rooting for the 49ers and uh we all are conscious now of, of what what was already determined to happen which was that uh Kansas City Chiefs um won and bear in mind he's he is not on the field he is he was not on the field he was not in the stadium we're literally you know at a gathering in our house and he's on his couch and he is like slamming his hand he is having a full blown like emotional reaction to what's happening on the TV screen. And 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 he's not abnormal. That's what most people do in football games. I mean, or in anything, in scary movies, whatever you want to call it. They are they are they will react to what they see. But to me, I I look at that and I'm like, "Yo, honey, calm down. Like they can't hear you. Your actions don't affect it and you're genuinely getting like full-blown angry. I mean, angry in the sense of your body does not know the difference between what you are emotionally going through and whether or not you're under attack right now. So your blood pressure is elevated. You are sweating. You are angry. You are shaking and all these other things at more or less what amounts to uh, a phantom. So even if you break it down, it's like, even if it is live, you're, you're, it's just a screen in which you're experiencing it. And even if you were there, you cannot alter. <laughs> you're not a player. You're, 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 you can't, you're not a coach. And even the coaches that have the headsets on, they can scream at their players, you know, but they can't alter what the fuck the players do. And a lot of the times, even the players can't alter what 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 they do. You know, it's like a person who's like a seasoned quarterback and has been throwing like perfectly for years, all of a sudden just throw something into the other the hands of another player and then the other person catches it and, you know, runs in the opposite direction and scores a touchdown. And it's like, oh my God, why would you fucking do that? And I'm like, well, do you think that the quarterback was actually trying to throw the ball to the other player? Like this motherfucker just happened to be at the right place at the right time, caught the ball or whatever. And I'm sure the guy who caught the ball was like, oh shit, I caught it. You know, and then like, just, okay, run now. Right? Like if all of this we're experiencing, we're, we're thinking this is live right? and, and we're experiencing life as like live, right? That is live TV, right? Life, live, life live right and and even still we're thinking that we have any control over you know what happens and then so when things don't go the way we want them to go we then react emotionally even those emotional reactions like what the fuck are they for you can't change the outcome of something that has already happened that has been pre-recorded or whatever it is by reacting emotionally to it if this is a simulation, you really have to think things through as far as like, you know, like I said, taking things to the logical conclusion. First of all, the person playing as or the character that you're playing in as right now. So the person when you look in the mirror and you go, OK, my name is, you know, Tom Jones or Wesley Smith or Lisa Leslie or whatever. And you fully identify with that role. Well, if this is a simulation, then you're more than likely I guess, wearing a persona of Lisa Leslie or Tom Jones or whatever it is. And that's not really who you are. And the same way when you enter into the the Sims or whatever, and you create a persona and that persona has like a, you know, predetermined personality, the programmers, uh, you know, of that game have, no matter what choices you make, they've already chosen what the outcome of each 
choice you make is going to be, right? It's all, they, now, of course, you could say that those choices and, and those inevitable outcomes are either destinies. I like to look at them as like um, probable uh, parallel or quantum realities, right? And they say we're, we're constantly shifting from parallel, you know, universes, our consciousness shifts from parallel universes. You can look at it at, at that on that level, or you can also look at it as, you know, whatever choices you make kind of opens up different levels of the game. But all of these, regardless of how you want to look at it, more or less amount to that being, you know, predetermined pre-coded choices and then you're more or less just in the game experiencing it which also tells you tells me that the same way anybody can you know turn on a, a sim character you know download the sim and play you know characters with maybe slight variations or whatever um here and there um these are all sort of predetermined you know, so that means that you're not the only person playing. If you if your name is Tom Jones in this reality, there is somebody else playing as Tom Jones on their VR simulation helmet. You know, in another in another location or whatever, and they're playing you, the person you've identified with as you. They're playing you in different in a different way, right? So maybe you've chosen. And that's a limited free will, despite your personality programming to be the kind of person that maybe has a predisposition towards, you know, excessive overeating. You've decided, you know what, I, I'm going to choose to kind of go against what, you know, what I what my body type is. And I'm going to become really fit instead, you know, so you're skinny Tom Jones and, and another in a parallel universe i guess which i just look at it as okay somebody else with like a super futuristic xbox <laughs> or whatever they're playing tom jones or some sort of slight variation of tom jones but that that one that that person is you know or be uh, uh, obese instead right all of these things are basically more or less what i'm trying to get to is that regardless of whatever choices you make with your body before you even purchased the game of life before you even entered into the simulation the programmers of the game and i don't look at the programmers as god or anything like esoteric like that like it, i don't think it's that serious i think like in every other video game in any other any other reality in any other society that, that makes sense to to me is that if you look at the world that we have like why do we why do we have this planned obsolescence with the human body right like what i mean by that is that you watch the human body it, it gets older right the same way with your phone you know, after after a while, the longer you have it, the more shit starts happening to it because they want you to replace it, right? So if I can look at that and see what, what we do with products in this reality, you know, uh, art imitates life more or less. And if this world is art, then that means outside of the simulation, there's also a society that kind of more or less does the same thing. So it would explain, you know, um, mating because you want to create, you want to create more variations and more bodies for, uh, you know, other subscribers to enter into the simulation. It makes sense. And that's why that drive exists. It's not because you necessarily want to, I mean, they, they have programmed it to quote unquote feel good or whatever, but more or less it's to create more bodies for, other subscribers and variations for other subscribers to enter into the the simulation. We're seeing more of more or less things like that now, right? With Androids, if you take an Android and you touch it to another Android, you can kind of transfer data between the two, right? How's that? How's that different? How's that different from from mating, right? But 
you just take that and you like multiply it by time or whatever and you'll you can more or less see what a future uh society can and i'm arguing has and you know come up with and if that's the case then i i'm like really like i'm really sitting here now and i'm i'm kind of thinking like okay i i have this in my brain that that like forces me to take everything that i see and treat it as real as quote unquote reality right so if somebody cuts me off I'm going to get angry because I feel like this is real and I feel like this is my only life. That in the exact same way that when I watch a TV or I watch a movie, I'm going to react to those characters as though they're real, as though they have free will. And as though my reaction to their behavior can really change anything, right? That I, as though I have any kind of control over that situation, which I, I which more or less I, I don't, <laughs> you know? So by taking those two points and kind of putting them together, it makes me take a step back and go, okay, well, why would that even exist in the human brain? You know, obviously it's serving a, a, some sort of function. And, and if the function is, you know, suspension of disbelief and and more an acceptance of, of, of storylines that we see unfolding. And, and it, this isn't just for, you know, for just regular TV. I mean, we do this with cartoons. We do this with, with cartoons featuring animals of characters like we still treat whatever we see even if it's like mice talking to each other or cats or whatever we still treat them as you know real and there's a part of a brain that treats them as real tries to extrapolate reason and purpose and understand their motives and things like that we 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 give them a certain level of realism which tells me that that's a primary function of a brain of our brains and that tells me that that tells me that well if we're doing that for things on TV we're probably doing that for for the reality experience as well which also then makes me suspect that the reality that we're experiencing isn't as real as it seems and isn't as quote unquote live as it seems and what we think of as free will is not necessarily, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily exist the way we think of it, or more or less like you just, there's certain things that you can do. I read somewhere that, that they said that the human free will is like similar to like the violin being able to move around in its case. You know, if you look at that, you think of a violin in its case, the violin thinks that, okay, like if it could think, right? It thinks, okay, I'm I'm a violin. I'm built, you know, with all these strings, and I can make all these beautiful, beautiful music. But then somebody takes it, holds it, and then plays it, and then the music that it plays, right, has already been pre-written, right? It has already been pre-sketched out, composed by somebody else a lot of the times, and then it's just an instrument that produces something for other people to, you know, for something else to enjoy. The instrument. Uh, the people, the player of the instrument to enjoy, but even the player of the instrument is composing a music that, or is playing a music that, more likely than not, was not composed by them, and even if it was composed by them, a lot of the times when you talk to artists, when you talk to composers, when you talk to writers, they all kind of say the same thing. I don't know where this music is coming from. I don't know where this art is coming from. You know, so I, I feel like it's like this, you know, like I've used the analogy of the Russian doll. It's like one level on top of another level on top of another level, et cetera, et cetera. And so that your body is that violin and then you are the person, like the real you, right? 
you're the person playing the violin, playing the instrument, playing your body. But then the music that you're playing hasn't even been written by you. Like it was written, let's say you're playing a Beethoven or whatever. It was written by a composer hundreds of years ago and you're just kind of playing it to have the experience. But then if you go all the way back to Beethoven, you ask him, okay, where did this music come from? He says, I don't know. I tapped into it from, you know, the ether or collective consciousness or whatever you want to call it. And then it goes backwards and backwards and backwards. If you look at life like that, right, and you look at the things like that, it kind of makes you pause the next time you want to like react to something, you know. My my husband is, uh, his father um, has dementia and he's kind of watching him sort of, you know, degrade slowly. And, and, and it is sad to see, but he's thinking, you know, I don't think he's going to be around in a year. I don't think he's going to be around in two years. And I'm watching him get really emotion, you know, emotional and, and involved in what his mind is projecting of the, you know, the future and, and his inevitable death. And what I said to that is you, you, we can't do anything about this. We, we can't, I mean, the things that we can control, we have done, we have given him medication. We are seeing to him that he does enjoy himself and, and the time that he does have, you know, we were with him, you know, and, and, and we watch the Super Bowl with him and we crack jokes with him. And, you know, when he asks a question that he's already asked before, you answer it, you know, because but that's that's the story. And I would argue he knew that that was what was going to happen towards the end of his life, but he chose to come in anyway. You know, he's lived to be, he's almost in his mid eighties. And for, for all, from all accounts and from all that I've seen, he's had a really good life. He has beautiful children, a beautiful wife, you know, people, he's raised great kids and they all love him and care about him and everything like that. And, you know, we've, the story has to end. And so if that's how it ends and that's how it ends, all we can do is just watch it, you know, and, and try not to get too caught up with trying to control it because we we don't we don't control what we see in exactly the same way as we can't control what we see when we watch a movie or you know a, a TV show we can just kind of more or less enjoy it right so your favorite movie i'm sure there's some sad parts to it but all in all you love the you love the movie despite the sad parts despite the hard parts because of the overall story that it tells right but do you have control over how it was written? No, you didn't write it. You just love it, but you didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. You know, somebody else directed it. Somebody else acted it out and you're just more experiencing it, you know, and you're not the only person experiencing it. Somebody else, you know, in the house next to you can watch the same movie and then, you know, they could have a theater and a bunch of people are watching the same movie and, and, and that's that's more or less life. So anyway, I'm saying all that to say this, like, Maybe when you're going out today, look at life in a different way. You know, don't look at life as in it's happening in real time. I think that that's an illusion, right? Or you don't have to start with life. Just start with the next time you're watching a movie and, 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 and or TV show or even a sports event and, and a sports event, a pre-recorded sports event on TV. Catch yourself reacting to it and really pause and go, oh shit, like the, there is really a part of my brain that's reacting to something that's already been pre-written, pre-recorded, pre-acted out as though it's happening right now and I have some sort of control over it. And then kind of extrapolate from that and ask yourself like, wait, am I, is this something that I'm doing now in real time? Is life really happening in real time? If this world is really a simulation, then that means that clearly like it's already sort of been 
pre-programmed and yes I, I had the freedom to go here here and here at any point in time but on the grander scheme the big major events that happen do we really have any control over that probably not and has somebody else you know kind of lived my life before more maybe in different ways probably so yeah that's fascinating to think about beyond just thinking about it meditating on it I'm not saying anything that, you know, like I said, physicists haven't said, that spiritual leaders haven't said, you know, you kind of have to sit on these things, kind of pay attention and then kind of take things to the logical conclusion more or less, right? Anyway, happy Monday.